Hey everybody, welcome to Commit to Be Fit. I'm Murad Garimov, your host, and this is my health and wellness podcast. Before we begin, let me introduce myself briefly. I'm a 16-year-old grade 12 student from Baku, Azerbaijan. The reason I decided to start a blog and a podcast about health is because I've noticed that many people I know are not looking after themselves properly, and I've got some good advice to give. Unfortunately, in these current circumstances, I cannot meet up with my friends, classmates, and teachers. So the only way I can give advice is through the internet. And that's exactly how my blog and this podcast came to be. In the first episode, I'll tell you about overeating, how it is a habit, how companies can trick you with deceptive packaging and psychological advertising, the difference between organic and fast food, and lastly, some practical advice to avoid overeating. Let's face the truth. The virus will still be dangerous for a while, and the whole pandemic situation isn't going anywhere either. Most of us are still stuck in our homes, isolated from our family and friends, and bored to absolute death. At first we held the time at home and away from people very dear, but as the months went by, watching television, reading books, and playing games just became plain boring and not as exciting and fun as it used to be. So what do we do when we're bored, lazy, and stuck at home? We order food. The majority doesn't turn to the healthy eating options, and mostly orders fast food, saving the time and money they spend on eating. Without having realized at the time of eating, we notice that we, in fact, have ordered more food than we needed to satisfy our hunger, and end up rushing to the nearest restroom not mere two hours later. Of course, we remark on how we have overeaten and comprehend our mistake, yet we make the same blunder the next time we eat. Additionally, Eating is one of our most beloved activities during the pandemic. Bored? It's mealtime. Depressed? Why don't I enjoy a sweet little snack to sweeten up my mood? Lonely? Let food be my company. You get the point. You don't have to be hungry anymore to want to eat. This messed up year made us approach eating in quite a different way than we used to. Many of us adopted unhealthy eating habits and gained weight during the pandemic. Myself included. Well, this holds right here and now, none of the overeating stuff anymore. I will share with you the wisdom I have learned during the pandemic and give you some advice from my own experience, so you'll have as few problems with overeating in the future as possible. Interested? (laughs) I'm glad. Let's get right to it. The power of habit. One of the prime reasons of us eating when we're not hungry and thus overeating is habit. We've just become used to eating to magnify or diminish certain feelings. You may feel, as previously mentioned, bored, sad, or lonely, and that could make you want to eat to improve your mood. Similarly, you may have just received amazing news or are feeling wonderful today, and you feel like eating something delicious to make you feel even better. These triggers result in eating behaviors, which lead to the reward of an improved mood. It's not the end of the world to eat every now and then to make yourself feel better. However, if the cycle repeats too often, it becomes an unhealthy habit, one you need to work on and eliminate. Follow the next three steps to eat less often out of pure habit. Firstly, identify your triggers. Ask yourself the following question the next time you feel like eating when you're not really hungry. What is it that is triggering me to eat right now? Some common eating triggers include a feeling, such as wanting to eat unhealthily, 
or at an inappropriate time to feel better. The time of day when it's 1 p.m. in the afternoon and you suddenly feel like you missed lunch. The social setting when you're hanging out with friends that are consuming chips, burgers, or beer, you want some too. The place such as wanting to accompany watching a movie in a cinema with popcorn and a thought pattern, feeling that you deserve a break in the form of a meal, but more on that later. Secondly, control your behavior. Before you act on your identified trigger feeling, just wait for a bit and think about it. Are you really hungry or is that certain trigger making you feel like you are? If your answer to that question is the second option, try not to eat. Thirdly, find other feel-good activities to reward yourself. You really feel like rewarding yourself, and you should, but how do you do that without eating a favorite meal of yours? When you really start to contemplate about activities that can improve your mood, you'll realize the wide variety of things you can do. For example, go for a walk outside, even better if accompanied by a friend or a family member. Listen to your favorite artist, band, or genre of music. Sit back and read an interesting and captivating book. Meditate, do some breathing activities or yoga to relax. Watch a film or a series or your favorite television program to unwind after a long day. Or work on a creative hobby or a passion project. You won't believe how fast time will fly by. And so on and so forth. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you should not enjoy tasty fast food with your friends, avoid buying a snack to chew during a film, or not eat that sweet yogurt or cereal you love every morning. If it's something you love and enjoy, don't completely remove it from your life. That's definitely not the point I'm trying to make here. But what I'm saying is that if your eating reward is unhealthy, just give some thought to your choices every now and then, and replace that food with a different activity or a healthier alternative. That will already be a significant step in the right direction. Deceptive packaging. If you realize that you do actually overeat sometimes, don't feel like it's completely your fault. No, it isn't. Well, it is, but only partly. Unhealthy products are designed to be attractive to buy and consume. Think about it. We know that these products are unhealthy, we care, but we still buy and consume them. Why? Well, because they're designed that way. Let me illustrate with a couple examples. If you take a look at a pack of Pringles chips and a carton of chocolate Netflix cereal, you'll start to notice some similarities. Both products use bright colors and cartoon characters, and these create positive associations in your mind that make you forget that these products are actually unhealthy. Next, if you take a look at some popular commercial juice products like a no added sugar orange Capri Sun juice porch and a Minute Maid 100% orange juice bottle, you'll start to see similarities once again. Again, companies are creating positive associations in your mind by using buzzwords like healthy, organic, no added sugar, and 100%. Remember, to see the actual nutritional facts, turn to the back of any product and read the table of labels. It doesn't take very long, however, surprisingly, most people don't do that. At the back of most products, if not all products, there is a table of nutritional values. For most products you buy, which contain added sugars, you should look at the total carbohydrate box, 
more specifically, the total sugars or added sugars or sucrose box. Keep in mind that the healthy amount of consumed sugar per day is 25 grams for women and 36 grams for men. The next time you're about to buy a commercial soda drink, check the nutritional values and calculate the amount of sucrose for the whole bottle. The number will surprise you. Just know that whatever the size of a bottle you buy, you will, no doubt, finish it sooner or later. There are some healthier alternatives, like Coca-Cola Zero or Pepsi Max, I think it's called. Yeah, those don't contain any added sugars. Well, they are sweet, and they do contain sugar replacers, but if you really want a soda drink, go for those, the zero or no sugar drinks. They're a better alternatives, and trust me, they taste the same. Psychological advertising. The food mega corporations don't only attract you to buy their products in grocery stores. They also invest huge amounts of money into advertising on television and radio. Let us learn and prove to be smarter than those companies think we are. First, let us back up a little bit, all the way back to the last century. Even back in the 1970s, the decade of disco, roller skating, 8-track tapes, macrame, mood rings, and petrochs. You had to be living under a giant petroch to not have heard of McDonald's. In 1971, the fast food chain debuted their new slogan, You deserve a break today. Since then, for several decades, this slogan was mentioned in most, if not all, of their advertisements. Grab a bucket and mop. Scrub the bottom and top. There is nothing so clean as my burger machine. With a broom and a brush, clean it up for the rush. Before you open the door, or to shine on the floor. When we finish one dance, start all over again. Tell me what does it mean? At McDonald's it's just heard was the first advertisement where McDonald's used their new slogan. As harmless as the kind and understanding slogan may sound, it has incredible power. See, when McDonald's says that you deserve a break today, you actually unconsciously think about it and, more often than not, you really feel like you do deserve that break. You've had a long, tiring and stressful day or week, maybe something or someone got on your nerves or you had over all or you had a lot of assignments to do and a lot of deadlines to meet, you now feel a strong want to go to McDonald's and enjoy a meal there because there's no denying it, it tastes great and it makes you happy. Now think about what just happened. Those five words triggered all these thoughts in your unconscious and made you want to meet with McDonald's. I call that psychological advertising. It's gonna be a nice day today 
the kind that makes you want to get away. So, we're gonna come through for you. You deserve a break, so we'll be ready for you. We'll get a shot on the floor. We'll even polish the floor. We'll serve it up with a smile. Yeah, we do it in style. Deserve a break today. So come on in the McDonald's way today. You deserve a great lunch. Come on, bring in the bunch. Have a great Aussie bite. You deserve a right. you see what I mean? That advertisement you just heard mentioned the word deserve seven times. Wow. Yes, while well, this all was a while back, psychological advertisement is still being used to this day. Nestlé, the company behind the legendary four-finger bars of crisp wafers covered in milk chocolate called Kit Kats, a snack many of us enjoy, is still using the idea of a break to promote their product. It all started in 1988, when a catchy new jingle debuted on television. Through so many decades, the company continued to tap into our need for self-care just because this type of advertising was, and still is, very effective. Here's an ad from last year. Little Italy restaurant. In 100 meters, make no, it tonight user. we're going to go to Lucky Clover. Take the first ride. Yeah, Why? Again. Because you want to hang out with your friends? What's wrong, my friends? I thought this was us time. Little Italy restaurant. Make a U-turn. Lucky Clover. Emergency brake activated. That's you. You've broken. Emergency brake activated. Emergency brake activated. I apologize that ad is a bit difficult to understand when you're just hearing it and not seeing the actual video. But basically what is going on is that there's this couple driving and they use the navigator to help them get directions to where they want to go. And the guy wants to meet up with his friends while the girl wants to spend more time with the guy. And basically, this navigator is shown as an actual person sitting in a different room who's voicing the directions. And then the couple starts arguing uh, because they can't decide where to go. Then he just puts on a recorded tape. The man says, here, you broke it. Meanwhile, he takes out a Kit Kat and has a break, has a Kit Kat. Or the couple go arguing. That's what happened in the ad. So, while the ad did make me laugh out loud, <laughs> the point still stands. Have a break, have a Kit Kat. That's their slogan, and they, they still use it to this day. In conclusion, what can you do to avoid falling into the psychological traps that the food industry corporations have invested millions of dollars to set up? Just be aware of the strategies. That's enough. 
on to the next topic organic versus fast food now we're comparing organic and fast food in terms of three categories first let us compare the chewing effort have you ever remarked on how much quicker you finish a fast food meal than an organic one or homemade one if you did before or have realized it now here's why fast food is designed to require minimal chewing effort yes that word again designed it takes about 10 chews to start digesting a fast food burger, while it can take up to 25 chews or more to start digesting an organic meal. Seriously, the next time you eat each one of these meals, compare how long it takes to chew. You will be surprised at the significant difference that there is. It is much easier to overeat when food is easy to chew. Your digestive system works at a fixed rate for most meals, and usually takes about 15 to 20 minutes to digest those meals. It won't come to you as a surprise that most fast food meals are eaten in just 10 minutes or less. That's where the fast in fast food comes from. Thus, that time, the digestive system doesn't have enough time to fully digest the fast food meal you ate, and you still feel more or less hungry, even though you ate enough to satisfy your hunger. And you order and eat more food. And just like this, overeating occurs. With an organic meal, which you eat slower, your organism has enough time to let you know exactly when you're full. What is the main takeaway from comparing the number of chews? Well, fast food is designed to be much easier to chew, and thus faster to finish and easier to overeat, earning the companies more money, by the way. While organic food takes longer to chew and lets your organism tell you exactly when you're full. The next time you finish a large fast food meal and don't feel full, don't make the mistake of ordering more. Instead, just wait for some time and you will come to realize that you have, indeed, eaten enough to satisfy your hunger. Next, let us compare the variety of flavors. While fast food companies try to offer you as many flavors as possible at once, like hamburgers, fries, sauces, onion rings, soda, milkshakes, ice creams, chicken nuggets, and so on and so forth, you just see how many different flavors are there in a typical fast food meal. Organic foods only offer a few flavors. How many flavors does an apple or orange or watermelon or let's say rice have? Just one. I've heard this basic non-spoken rule of cooking before, avoid using more than three distinct flavors per meal. This will not only prevent overeating, but also let the eater enjoy each flavor and taste more. Remember how full eating just one one flavor apple makes you. Now let us compare the short and long-term costs. Now we're comparing fast and organic food in terms of price. Processed foods use cheap ingredients, making it possible to sell large quantities at a low price, making them so much more attractive meals. However, you shouldn't be tempted to eat a lot of fast food just because of its lower price. If you keep cutting costs and eating unhealthy food, you later have to pay what's known as a health tax which is a lot of extra money you have to spend on losing fat by exercise or, in the worst case scenario, paying for your obesity 
or diabetes medication. In contrast, whole foods provide high quality nutrition and you only pay once. tend to overeat often, here's some advice that can help. Firstly, remove all distractions while eating, please. Just turn off the television, leave your phone in a different room, or leave it face down on the table and mute it. Just concentrate on eating. Secondly, slow down and take your time. Set aside at least 15 to 20 minutes for a meal, if you can, to let your digestion system inform you when you are full. Put your utensils down from time to time instead of holding on to them. And lastly, don't eat until you can eat no more. Instead, eat until you're close to full, because that is enough to satisfy your hunger. In conclusion, while overeating is a common occurrence, it's not very difficult to battle. Occasionally, it is your fault, and sometimes, it's just the way that the products are designed to be. Nevertheless, you can implement some advice from this episode to your lifestyle in order to overeat less. One more thing, staying fit and eating healthier doesn't mean that you have to completely cut out fast food from your life. I also know how delicious it is. Just being aware and knowing when it isn't worth to treat yourself is already a significant improvement. Once in a while, say, for example, once every two to three weeks, you can order yourself an unhealthy McDonald's or KFC meal and enjoy a burger or fries or pizza without any guilt. If it makes you happy, you shouldn't completely reject it. If it's unhealthy though, reducing how often you eat it is enough. You just listened to my first ever podcast episode. So I'd love it if you could let me know where I can improve. Did I use too much music? Was the episode too long? Does my pronunciation suck? Let me know. Anyway, this has been Rod Garimov. Thank you so much for listening.